to the Body Story podcast, where I share the candid, inspiring conversations I've enjoyed with my guests about their bodies. I invite my guests to dig into their past and share their stories of their bodies developing, growing and changing. The first series revolves around people identifying as women. I'm your host, Sarah Walwork, fitness business owner of 15 years and cis middle-aged mum. My guest today is 55-year-old Laurie Curtin. She's the owner at Curtin & Co Real Estate Agency, mum of two kids, and she recently became a grandmother. Laurie grew up in the 70s in country Victoria and WA. She loved to swim and play netball, and in the 80s discovered the exciting mix of music and movement called aerobics. She reflects on the commentary of others on the size of her body, but received little information about sex and her developing body. Laurie generously shared her challenges around pregnancy and parenting and her amazing coping strategies. The golden thread in this story is the courageous journey Laurie makes to discover and love her body and the role of movement in this story. Please enjoy Laurie's body story. I think we should just get into it. Let's do it. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Fire the, fire We're women questions. in our 50s. That's how we do things, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't hide anymore. We're no. just out there now. <laughs> yep, for sure. Let it all mm. hang out. Mm. Okay, let's go back. What can you, if you think back, what's your earliest memory of your body? Um, because I had older siblings, like significantly older than me, teenagers, you know, I'm talking seven, 11 years older. And they were talking a lot about their bodies. I was perhaps influenced by them and what they were saying because I spent a lot of time with them. My parents weren't together, so I was with them a lot. Um, So probably from a young age, I already had this idea that my body wasn't perfect and that I was a little bit chubby. So I'm talking about... What age do you... So I reckon probably five or six. Wow. Yeah. I have a memory of around that time being in some shorts and looking at my legs and thinking that they were too chubby. Do you remember anyone talking about your body? Mm. You've said a bit about your siblings. Like, anybody else? Um, I remember because of that time and my family um, being quite... Uh, involved in the Catholic religion, it was very. It was about um, being ladylike and covering up my body, um, and how you dressed, you know, accordingly. From parents or teachers? From or? my mum yeah. more so. I, and I went to a Catholic school with nuns, so the you know mm. the full uniform from head to toe <laughs> covered it. up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, um, yeah, the, but no one ever really discussing my my body with me personally, but certainly a lot of outside influences of what I was picking up as a young child from what everyone else was saying. Particularly in your family, you're saying? Particularly in my family. But, there seemed to be, from a very young age, this huge thing around being fat. Right. Do you remember um, your mum talking about her body? Yeah, some... Um, my mum perhaps was, uh, uh, she had, she was carrying some excess weight. I was looking at a photo with my daughter yesterday and my daughter said, well, I wouldn't say that she was overweight by looking at that. But that memory of that time I have that she was considered large. And um, so it, it was, um, you know, we didn't eat well. We ate a lot of rubbish, like a lot of sweet stuff and sugar and 
Um, there, there wasn't a lot of thought around. I th- don't think in the 70s um, there was so much. But, with, you know, there was a lot of um, sugary stuff. And my mum... Um, it was considered that, yeah, she was a bit overweight at the time. And my sister as well. And would she sister. talk about that? Yeah, so... Mm, Do you yeah. remember her talking about her body at all? Or not? We're getting really deep really quickly. Yeah. I don't remember so much about my mum. I remember more my dad saying things that she was fat, mm. you know, and, and because their marriage ended at that time and it was sort of deemed that she'd let herself go, you know. Right. She didn't look after herself so the man would still love her. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that's what I remember. I sort of picked up on if you want to be loved and you want to, your man to hang around, you have to be slim. Yeah. That's what I was hearing. Okay. And just going back to you as a young child again, what do you remember any, doing anything with your body that you really loved as a child? Like I, when I grew up, I really loved riding my bike. Mm. It was I felt like I was flying. Yeah. I love swimming. Mm. If there was a pool, mm. I, I wanted to be in that pool. And I would be in there for hours and hours and hours doing somersaults, doing backflips. Um, I wasn't the strongest swimmer as such, but um, uh, I just loved being in the water a lot. Was that um, the ocean too or was it just the pool? Why? We were living in country yep. then, so it was more the local pool that yep. we'd go to. Whereabouts were you? We were in Victoria mm. and um, we would go out in the summer and get absolutely sunburnt and then go home, put some vinegar on it yeah. and then go back out the next day. Oh. And remember when you used to wear your same bathers for about four days in a row and they had that nice kind of musky ghost <laughs> 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 I remember that. I remember that. No, they didn't wash them out or anything yeah, like that. No, just, straight back on, yeah, bit yeah, of glory. Pretty much, I think, from morning, I would get up, put them on, and they would be on me. I don't know if I... I may have slept in them. <laughs> I remember sleeping in my bed. Did for you? sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Oh, um, I love that, and I love that about swimming. Mm. Okay, so coming up and getting a little bit older, did your mum... Um, or your older sisters, for that matter, ever talk to you about the up and coming, coming, getting your menstrual cycle, or sex, or anything like that, or was it just little Laurie overhearing stuff? Certainly, little Laurie overhearing stuff with the teenagers, um, overhearing a lot of things, probably too much. There's a. Can I share a funny story? Yes. Um, there's a. There used to be a show called The Box. Do you remember that show? I, I was probably living in the country, so if it's yeah, on commercial, so, not. Yeah, so it was a long time ago, and it was um, sort of went down in history in Australia because it was the first show on commercial television where they spoke about homosexuality. Wow! And a female came out and said that she um, was a lesbian, and here I am, about five or six, watching this show, and thought, oh. Well, yeah, she's a lesbian. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, she's got blonde hair. Must be people with blonde hair who are lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few days later, I was down at my um, godmother's house playing with. They had a couple of kids over, and they were picking on me, and they wouldn't let. They wouldn't include me. They were leaving me out. And we were about to go inside the house, and they were saying things to me that I obviously didn't like. And they all had blonde hair. And so I said, are you loaded just a pack of lesbians? <laughs> and with that, my godmother opened the door and heard me and sent me home. Wow. I was in trouble. So that uh, the reason I share that yeah. is because that's how I learned a lot of stuff yeah. as a child. Bit of trial and error and make it up <laughs> as you go along. Pretty bits, much. Bits and pieces. So I don't remember anyone... So mum never came and said... No. I don't mm. remember anyone telling me about um, the, you know, how babies 
were made as such. I do re- have a memory of... Do you remember that book that came Who, out? Where Do I Come From? Yes. Yep. I remember us all sitting around with my um, siblings and my daughter's boyfriend at the time, now partner, and them all talking to me about that. But I don't remember anyone ever saying how the baby got there. Yeah. I don't remember that yep. as such. And then as far as periods... I don't remember vividly my mum having a chat with me. What I do remember, though, Mm. is school talking about it. And school um, talking about, um, I think I was in year six. Yep, year six. And uh, we had a very progressive female vice principal, I remember, and they put in, you know, the um, sanitary... Um, boxes in the toilets Amazing. and took all the women in and had a uh, women all the girls in and had a chat to us about that. I think that's where, and then I went home and talked to mum about what was. And was she open about talking about it with you when you went home and told her about yeah, that? Yeah, she, she she was okay, not in like oh yes dear yes that's happening. She didn't shrug it off, but we didn't go into lots of detail. Yeah. I remember, you know, wanting to use tampons and yeah. wanting someone to show me because it's quite a difficult thing. To, to yeah. know how to insert a tampon and sort of kept approaching mum of like, well, how do I do this? What do mm. I do? And, oh, you work it out. You know, it's, mm. that's that's all I was told. Yeah. Yeah. And then so when you did get your period, did you, was it a thing like you went to your mum and, and told her and was she quite pragmatic or? Yeah, they were pretty good. I remember so at that time we were living over here. I think I was about 12 and we were living over here but we'd gone back to New South Wales to visit family, so I, it was um, summer holidays, and I and I got my period then, and the family were all very, you know, um, huge stomach cramps that mm-hmm. I had. They were very um, caring and supportive, but it was like no one sort of talked about it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's got a period. Yeah. yeah. But I remember myself feeling quite weird, thinking, well, what does this mean now? Like, yeah. What am I, or who am I? And and I do have that that memory. I can even remember the street I was walking up when I was thinking. Isn't that, that interesting? Yeah, those detail, details. Like I kept, um, I had kept this diary between year eight and twelve, and I've got the little Kotex. Um, I cut out the packet, and it's so it's still got the price on it, which is fascinating, and the little corner of the packet of the first pad packet that I used, okay. and. Um, there's a story of the day as yep. well, which I must find and reread. Um, so with that, so you, you said you did start to feel a little bit different. Do you remember your body changing at this time at all during adolescence? And, like, can you remember, was there anything happening like that? I hated my breasts growing. I oh, did you? Yeah. Why, Laurie? Because everyone noticed them. Mm. You know, that, that was something for everyone to see now. It mm. was something that... Um, uh, to uh, just going back what you said before mm. about talking about um, uh, bodies when, I, when we were younger, I remember about um, being about five, and do you remember in the newspapers? I don't know over here if they did, but in New South Wales they would have the page three girl, the right. topless girl, yeah. and I remember saying to my dad, like, why is that lady there with no top on? You know, isn't that rude? That's wrong. And my dad was saying. Um, he said, well, it's quite natural. It's a woman's body. I mean, yeah, why is she in the newspaper? Right. <laughs> I mean, he's right on one hand know, and then on the other hand you're like, what? <laughs> I know. I was like, but why is she in the newspaper? <laughs> but, yes, it is very natural. But the, I think that that going forward now to my adolescence and my breast developing, that, well, you know, that that was something that people would 
ogle over, you know, mm. was wasn't thought about the breasts were for breastfeeding or for anything else. It was more about um, that sexual objective, you know, that people would be looking at me that way. And I did. And how do you deal with that as a young person? How did you deal with it as a young person? Because um, I know what I did. I, I started wearing a T-shirt over my bathers. Yeah, me too. Mm. Yeah, all the time. T-shirt mm. over my bathers or anything that would cover up that you couldn't see anything, no cleavage or anything like that. I remember being at school with boys and um, they would say things and I would be trying to cover up or having my period and wearing a pad and being super, super paranoid because the boys would grab you on the bum as you walk past and I was so worried wow. that they someone was going to do that and fill my pad and then make fun of me. Mm. Um, yeah, that that it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't a time to celebrate my body changing or that I was becoming a woman. It was more about um, not knowing how to navigate it and no one really talking about mm. it. You know, I remember going to my sister, um, so I would have been probably 14, and I remember going to her, so she at that time would have been like 20, 22, and she had her children. And um, I remember going to her and sort of trying to have a conversation about boys and sex and, and she just, oh, you'll work it out. You know, she didn't want to talk about it. I don't come from a family where we talk about things. Major Laurie at all? Like, does she come into your... For, uh, often. Do you? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Um... Well, to tell her that it's okay, mm. you know, to um, perhaps want to nurture her a little more, you know, yeah. to um, maybe get out these feelings, like to talk about it, that it, that you're not, not, not to make her smaller. Yeah. Because I think through that puberty and adolescence and not knowing, when we don't, when we don't know, we tend to become smaller, you know, we don't mm. know, we don't know the path, we don't know what. Well, I I tend to make myself smaller when I don't know, and I think that's what I did yeah. um, in adolescence, sort of covered up a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so now I would think I would, you know, I would try and, I don't know, take her to let's go and try on different clothes or yeah. let's go and, you know, experiment a little <sighs> bit, you know, that there's not a lot of that. And don't you reckon when you saw those, and even now, I mean, you see the teenagers that are just so self-expressed and so, you know, and you just go, oh, I wish amazing. I had that. I wish I had that gumption, you For know, sure. to just go, this is me and in, instead of, yeah. But it's a, they're tricky waters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to answer this, but um, were you thinking about sex at the time? I think I was shit scared of it. Were you? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I really was. And... Um, well, you know, you hear all these things that's going to hurt, so, and also, but the other big thing of feeling that my body's not perfect. Right. Feeling not comfortable with my body, not loving my body, not, at, I don't know, I think I thought I was just a vehicle for, for sex, not, well, not a vehicle for sex, that's the wrong way of putting it, but I didn't know how, I, I wasn't in touch with my how could I? How could I expect someone else to love my body when I didn't really love it? I was a bit scared of it. Yeah. So that sex then, well, I was going to have to be with someone that was, you know, oh yeah. Jesus, how was I going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. So yeah, I was really scared of sex. Yeah. 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 Do you remember your first kiss then, and what what it was like? 
Oh, wow. Can I remember my first kiss? My first kiss, I think, was when I was, like, young, like, little. Well, well not little, but, like, when I was probably, like, a peck. If you yeah. mean, like, a little peck. No, like, proper pash. Proper pash. Um, oh, far out. I don't remember, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, probably when I was, like, 14. Yeah. I can I can remember his name. What did, what did, what, did you, what were you thinking? Can you remember? Scared. Scared. I was just scared yeah. totally because yeah. I was so scared that that was going to lead to sex. Yeah. And that's what was I going to do? You know that and like at fourteen that you know you know that other people that we were talking about that more and also to, it was talked about. Can I be uh, exp, how explicit? As explicit yeah. as you want. But I remember kids uh, saying, "Oh." Uh, you know, little, oh, did you hear about Jane? Jane gave uh, old Mario a blowjob down there behind the gym shed. What was a blowjob? I didn't even know what a blowjob was. Like, what was that? Did she do his hair? Like, far out, I don't know. And so you just heard all this stuff. So I was just scared yeah. and, um, you know, didn't talk about any of Did that. you ask anyone? Did you go back to the big sister at this point? Is this no when way. it and said, no what, what's no, her no. name? You know, Jane, what's a blowjob? No, 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 I didn't go back and ask of that what that was. No way. No, oh. didn't go back and say and anything. I mean, just work it out with your friends of... I don't even know when I eventually worked out what it was, to be honest, but I do know that I was just scared. I remember being with some friends once and I think... I don't know. I think they were being more sexually active and I was with this boy and I was just, like, pretending I was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing would happen. You know, right. that, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So much to navigate. Mm. Um, what messages do you think in the 1980s and 90s, let's say, particularly the 1980s, and you're, like, a later teenager into your 20s, mm-hmm. that's right, isn't it, yep. 90s and yep. 90s, um, do you, what messages were you receiving about your body from society, do you think? Does any really come to mind? Yeah, being skinny, mostly. Right. Just being skinny. That's all I really remember is that to be to be deemed beautiful or attractive meant being slim. How were you getting these messages? Oh, from everything, from um, uh, commercials through things that you watch, whether movies or television, uh, and more importantly, my family. I was told a lot um, as a teenager that, oh, you'll get, you know, don't eat that, you'll get fat, you'll be fat, and, and mostly from um, one of my siblings. But right. um, I was told that quite a lot, that, yeah. you know, I was going to be fat, I was going to be fat. And we weren't, our family um, weren't really... Uh, well, as kids, we weren't educated about what we were putting into our bodies. You know, there was a lot of Coke and meat pies and pizza subs. Do you remember pizza subs you used to buy? We were a family of six kids. Oh. It was all home-cooked food. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I probably dreamt of a pizza sub. I really, probably really longed for one. <laughs> I'm going to make you one. Okay, because it was just uh, if you made, we made them at cooking in home ec, I remember, and you just got tomato paste and a bit of cheese and a bit of ham on a hot dog bro- on half a hot dog. I'm making you one. I'm dropping it around. On some nice white, really bread. white yeah, bread. Yeah, yeah. I'm dropping it around really tomorrow. Awful. Don't make it. <laughs> All right, I'll, buy, I'll go down. I'll go down to a nice bakery and get you a nice roll. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, so and what what did you do about those messages, Laurie? As they were coming through, and you were getting older. Mm-hmm. What what did you? I took it on board. In what way? Um, 
Well, I didn't starve myself because I like food too much. <laughs> I like eating. Yeah. But I did... Bigger exercise was always something that I did a lot of. Um, and so in those younger years, I played a lot of netball yeah. as a kid and tennis. And then netball was sort of my go-to on and off for a long time. I had a girlfriend too that was just so slim and... She would eat and eat and eat, and I don't know where it went. I still don't know. I see it now. In fact, I, I go to school reunions. There was a school reunion that we had, well, some years ago now, but I wanted to go to it because she was pregnant, yeah. and it was the only time that I would be slimmer than her. Just, yeah. um, oh. But she, and she didn't seem to exercise. So it was just this, for me to be attractive, and, and that was the thing too. It was more about, it was... There was too much influence on body, too much influence on outward opinion, uh, outward uh, on external how I looked, and not enough of um, being beautiful from the inside. Yeah, yeah. So if we go back to that time, and you're getting all these messages, and perhaps you and you're you exercising because, and you've got these ideas of I'm valuable if I'm thin. Yeah. Um, do you? Through this time, can you remember times when you were using your body, be it exercise or playing netball or swimming, mm-hmm. going back to that thing yep. that you love so much, where you felt so happy and in your body? Can you remember any times? Well, so, um, I loved aerobics because of the dancing <laughs> with it. I so really, good. I love it so much. Like if you were to do aerobics <laughs> classes now, I'd be there. I'd be there with my little leotard on, looking oh. like Olivia Newton-John out of physical, oh. you know, but with my leg yeah. warmers and my headband. Uh. Um, that part, anything to do with dancing, I really love being in my body. Mm. And, I love that. And, that. and not really caring. Once I got there, I, won't, it didn't, I never felt like I could only be skinny to be there because it was a real enjoyment of it. Aerobics you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And, yeah, and anything, or the netball or anything. So really right. being in my body with that. So that's awesome. So that's almost like even though there's this outside messaging, when you came to it you could be quite present and in your body and let go. For sure. And, and that that message that I was receiving, perhaps that I was a little bit chubby, which I wasn't, but I was yeah. a little bit chubbier, didn't stop me from going and doing those things. Yeah. You know, I still wanted to do them because it, I whilst I've probably only thought about it in later years, the feeling I got from it, it made me feel good. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't think I gave it a lot of thought at the time. It's something that's more present to me, probably in my forties and now, but um how it made me feel. It did make me feel good once I was there. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so let's move on to when you were growing up, um did you think about having babies? Or was it something that you yearned? You know, were you one of those girls who was like, can't wait to have a baby? No, or I wasn't. It's a fait accompli or no? Nah? I wasn't one of those at all. Yeah. I love kids. I, ha- I didn't have a lot of good examples around of happy, of, of it being a happy time for people, you know. Being, being pregnant. Being pregnant about? and being a mum and right. it seemed harder. So it's something I scared away from and something that I thought that I perhaps um, wasn't, wasn't good enough to do or couldn't do so it wasn't having babies wasn't something for me wasn't something I necessarily ruled out but it wasn't something that I yearned for or that I thought would was there that I was going to do. So when you got pregnant with your um, first child did you plan that? Um, It wasn't planned I didn't want to be on contraception anymore so we we went on the billings method. <laughs> really. Why didn't you want to be on contraception anymore? So I didn't want to be on um, uh, on the pill any longer because I 
felt that I'd been on it for a long time. Over the years, I had gone off it a little bit for short periods. But so we went on the Billings method. But of course, once again, it takes two people to follow the Billings method, yeah. and only one of us was following it. So it was a bit of a shock when I. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it was like, well, we're just throwing it to the universe and see what would happen. But then when it finally did happen, um, I, don't, I think I, I think I just started postnatal depression from the minute I fell pregnant. Really, wow. Um, because I don't think I put enough thought into if I really wanted. I wanted to do it and what it meant and um, how I would navigate that, all the emotions around that. And, yeah, just didn't think about it. And and two, the, you know, the other thing is that because I was like 32, everyone would say, when are you having babies? When are you having babies? But then the minute I fell pregnant, all I heard was negativity. Oh, enjoy that meal because it's the last one you're going to get to sit down and eat fully, oh, you know, wow. for a while. Or it was never what are the joys or the what you would learn from it, like what I have learnt from it. I, I would not change having children for the world. It's mm. there's nothing else that could have um I could have had those experiences with or had or learnt what I have learnt from being a mother. Mm. Um so that you know, I'm glad that it happened. But nothing prepared me for it. I So going back to and I'm yeah, and thank you for sharing about the about those feelings around when you did become pregnant. Um did you um, do you remember how you were feeling in your body as you became more it. and more pregnant? Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't enjoy being pregnant. Yeah, I didn't. I, I probably I liked it when I could feel my baby yeah. moving inside. That part I did love, but the overall, I was uncomfortable. Um, I didn't like seeing how it changed. I don't think I verbalised that to anyone. I just got on with it like yeah. I do. But um, yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. And then um, were you shocked by birth and what happened? So that um, we didn't really talk about. No, no one really talked. You just, I don't know if it was just if it's only me or if everyone goes through this, but did anyone talk to you about childbirth? All I, all you, you know, all I knew is that it's going to hurt. You know anything else. My mum said it didn't hurt that much, but she, yeah, that's what she told me. But I asked my sister and uh, the, um, my sister's friends, I should mm. say, mm. grilled a few people about it. I was a bit mm. scared. But, mm. um, yeah, so so do you remember how you felt about your body after you gave birth or, mm. or like the act of birth? Like do you, within that big emotional time for you do, you, do you feel like there was – any big feelings about your body, about carrying a child and birthing this child? Um, I once again felt that um, pressure that, you know, you need, your body had to bounce back, that I had to, I know that you had to be slim again pretty much straight away. I I didn't, I love breastfeeding. Probably the hardest thing for me um, with my kids was a sleep deprivation. I just Mm. didn't cope with that. But I didn't mind breastfeeding. I didn't mind, I didn't have a problem with breastfeeding in public. In fact, you know, it's more interesting other people's responses to that, that I shouldn't be getting my breast out, which I still just find amazing in Mm. the year 2000 that people were responding that way. Um, but I didn't have it's a It's 2023, by the way. No, but my baby was 2000. So <laughs> well, 2023, oh, they right. still do. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, back in the year yeah. 2000. Oh, crikey. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, that's when um, my first baby was born. And people, I remember being um, out with um, my um, ex-husband's relatives and 
one of them coming up and grabbing one of the baby blankets and putting it over the baby's <gasps> head in my breast so no one could see, you know, while they were feeding. Wow. I just couldn't, yeah, like that's pretty amazing. So I didn't have a problem with that. It was more the pressure around what I that I should be the super mum, yeah. that I should be looking good straight after, that I should bounce back. Do you feel like the first experience informed the second experience around your around your body? I mean, I just feel like for me that I, I went in with a bit of a confidence, which was I'd done it before. With the second one? Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Different? Sure. Yeah, yeah, totally different. Everything was different. Yeah. And, you know, and, ooh, and hence to the um, he was different, I think, as well. Like it, that um, I was more confident, relaxed, relaxed with my body, relaxed with uh, with him, not so worried about people's opinions on breastfeeding or what I should be doing with him. Yeah, certainly far more confident the second time yeah. around. Mm. Gosh, it's amazing, isn't it? Mm. What what can you think of of that time of coming into your forties and becoming a middle aged woman and your body? Mm. So, well, that for me, coupled with my marriage ending, um, and being single again. And not wanting to, I didn't want to go out looking as mutton done up as lamb, like they used to say, you oh, know, that feeling yeah. like I'm middle-aged now, I'm older, so I need to be careful of this, what I'm betraying. So I got a bit caught up in that, that old idea. Yeah, so, and then noticing, so my, I became, I'm probably jumping ahead on one of your questions, no, no. Sorry, but um, my mother only told me about our family going through menopause early when I had my first child at 32. Right. That it was um, most of the women in our family experienced early menopause. So it was lucky, she said, lucky you've had a baby now because we go through menopause early and hence... What, what's early? Uh, 39. <gasps> so, well, I was 39. So I had um, my first child at 32, my second at 34, I think. And does that work? Yeah, I think it does. And... Um, 39, literally, it was like someone turned the tap off. I'd what, always been pretty regular with my periods and someone turned, just came and turned the tap off. Do you mean at 39 your period stopped? Yeah, since I was 39, which was now four, 16 years ago, probably had four periods, four or five. So basically when you were having your children, you were you were having children but you are also perimenopausal. Likely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. a lot of the, you know... I mean, like you're talking about even some of the anxiety and things around having children is probably the feelings of perimenopause too, potentially. Yeah, potentially. So the, even at that time, because my marriage ended, so when we talk about menopause and those um, anxieties we have and our um, mental health during that time, it's hard for me to differentiate what was menopause and what was um, just the struggles of a relationship ending or ending a relationship. It's difficult to know what what that was. Or what were my feelings exacerbated by the fact that, a relation, uh, that I was going through? Were my feelings around my uh, relationship ending exacerbated because I was menopausal? I think it's chicken and egg kind of yeah. which one first, you know, like that with, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a question. Mm. It's a question. Um, so you're 39. You've just had a couple of kids, essentially. You're 39 and your period's starting to stop. Mm-hmm. And what's what's happening in your body? Um, what are you feeling and are you feeling like you're changing again? So you've just gone through being pregnant, birthing, and yeah. then five years later you're 
So it didn't, other than the sleep sleep deprivation or waking up at night with really hot sweats, my overall body, I I didn't feel anything physical. It was more mental and just getting really hot in the evening um, and not being able, like, waking up in the middle of the night not sleeping, that I remember. But at that time too, because I'd uh, having my children, I didn't really have... uh, um, an exercise routine at that time and I was getting some uh, really bad headaches and a chap I was working with at the time who's pretty healthy encouraged me. I was living down on um, near South Beach and he said, you know, you need to go for a swim, that'll help your headaches and you need to, you know, he was, uh, he wasn't jogging by then, he was a bit older but he was always at the gym and stuff so he just said, you know, you need to do something. And so all these feelings I was having, whether it was uh, my um, of the emotional breakup of my marriage and then menopause, seemed for me to coincide with me finding exercise again. Oh, that's yeah. great, isn't it? Yeah. You know? and then but the, what, great, great, what a great friend too. For sure. Eh? Like those headaches seemed to go. Like I did, did they? Yeah, 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 I did go for swim. So I was living on Holbert Street in South Korea yeah. at the time and I'm trying, you know, here I am, single mum working, two kids and trying to find time to exercise and um, if there's anyone from um, Department of children's services they're not allowed to ring me after this but I used to (laughs) get I'd say to my kids if you wake up in the morning mummy's not here sit at the lounge room window and you'll see me come past so I would jog around the block and I hadn't done any exercise for years and but I would say say to myself if I can make it to the corner oh I'm getting feeling if Mm. I can get make it to the corner I can get through this next week with the kids or, you know, working or if I can make it and then if I can make it to the next corner, I can get through this mediation with my ex-husband. If I can make it to this corner, we'll, I'll find the money for the groceries this week if I can make it. And that really got me through and I would just keep extending that and then and look up and see my kids at lounge room window cheering me on when I was oh, running past. But That is, that's, yeah. thank you for sharing that. It's incredible. Yeah. And what a, what a, desperate but clever and and amazing strategy that you in a as as a person who is probably very tired too yeah but you know tired and it worked yeah it did and and from that learnt um the power a bit of exercise and how that would make me feel better from doing that like and if I didn't do that, the rest of the day seemed harder. So what what that was giving me overall was um, better than anything else at that time. You yeah. know, better than more sleep or um, just seemed to um, get the dopamine levels yeah. and adrenaline and everything going for the endorphins going for the day, and yeah. was hugely important. So from that was you know born a whole lot of others so. amazing mm. do you um and then so as we're getting towards you know like towards the end of your 40s let's say mid to end of 40s heading mm. towards 50 what um what are you thinking about your body well in my 40s i think i finally came into my body amazing what does that mean describe that to me um i liked it i like i enjoyed what it could do for me i enjoyed the strength of it i enjoyed the way it looked i didn't care about what anyone had been dictating to me like the social construct or whatever what a woman's body should be or should look like and and I didn't care so much. I used to say to people that the fact that I was um, a certain size 
was more a byproduct of everything else. And that um, because for me at that time, my mental health was managed through exercise and that had was really driving me. So I felt really strong. I felt strong. I felt um, pretty much I could do anything, you know, that, um, yeah, my body was... Um, I was probably more in in touch with the different feelings in my body as well or how things made me feel in my body. I was just comfortable in what I wore or I didn't spend so much time worried about yeah. that. How you expressed yourself, would you say, and isn't that just, it's just such an incredible part of the story, of your story, because... Yeah all these years and then you're hitting middle age and this is this is when you're feeling the most embodied yeah. em- embodied Do, would that re- have reflected in your kind of freedom as in like perhaps your ability to express sexually or or to be in the world Do you think you're more free with your body with that idea in For your sure, yeah definitely yeah I think it, uh, if we define the freedom as well of what that means, does that mean that sexually I felt free to have a number of partners or sexually just or free in... No, I'm free in the sense or either whatever you yeah. want to do, but free in the sense of more present, yeah. I would say, because I think sometimes when you, you're not in your body and you're... In in and sexually, you can be much more in your head, can't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and not sure. be like, I need to just let go. Yeah, I I can let go. Yeah, because I because I accept me. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Oh, it's less in my head and more in my body in that yeah. time for sure. Amazing. About how things overall were making me making me feel inside. Perhaps it was an, uh, an intuition thing too, or being comfortable to trust myself and those feelings in my body as well but not processing it of shoulds or how things should be inside my mind in that dialogue tell me so then then your daughter becomes pregnant and you're going to have a grandchild and you and you have this beautiful grandchild come along what Mm. what does that mean as a woman in 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 your how are we when she when Um, grandchild what are we uh he's uh, so 52. 52. Mm. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, how does... Well, it was a bit of a shock. Uh, what does it mean? Like... What does it mean? Because in society, when you're a grandmother, you're older. Mm. And I there's been jokes with people where they've called me granny and mm. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not a granny. And they think that I say that because a granny sounds old. And it mm. does, but I just... I don't. I don't want to be. I don't like granny. I think yeah. granny. Yeah. You know, it sounds awful. Um, but it was this thing of oh my god, I'm, I'm a certain age and I'm not socially like I'm not that. I don't feel that social definition of a grandmother. But on the other side, oh my god, it is so great to be physically fit. Yeah, to be able to run around with this youngster who I think he thinks I'm his age and wants me to get up on his monkey bars with him. Like I have been up there with him recently. My knee's not great, so I can't. And he's like, come on, yeah, yeah, get up here. And he just wants me to run around with him like I'm him. I mean, that, you know, so I guess there's two things. Initially you think I'm becoming a grandmother, that means I'm old now. And then the other side of, hang on a minute, I, I love the fact that physically, regardless of my age, Physically, I am healthy enough to run around with this youngster. Mm, That's fantastic. And just rewinding back for a sec, 
when your daughter was pregnant with your grandson, mm. did was there was that was that wild? Is that wild? Your child being really pregnant for sure. For yeah. sure. Well, like, I think you know it all came as a surprise. So, yeah. um, and that took it some time to get um to get my head around. But that probably because mentally I wasn't ready for it. It was hard to remember. Uh, not hard to re- hard to process. And um, and being, you know, what she was going through, I don't know, perhaps in, in like sitting here now thinking about it, mm-hmm. um, because it was all came about prematurely for me mm-hmm. that I probably didn't talk to her around the things that I would have. Like mm-hmm. there was a huge thing for, for my daughter and I in that time of um, the mother and daughter relationships, they're complicated, they and this came about prematurely, and it meant that we had to deal with a lot of stuff. And at, we're better for it now. We can talk mm. about things now. We're quite close now. Mm. Um, not quite close. We're super close now. And I feel now, actually, this is a, an important thing. Mm. I feel now that we are two women walking side by side. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and that she has. Um, I'm super proud of her, but she has um, taken on some of my uh, um, my sharings, and she is walking further and stronger and forging a path that I uh, that I just am so proud to see her do that. You know, to for um, not just being her mother, but a woman. What would you like the story to be of Laurie in her sixties and beyond? And the rest of your 50s, obviously, but the, and beyond, 16, yeah. yeah. I think the – so we talked about being younger and having a concentration on doing exercise to be slim. But now uh, what I want in my old years is that now I pay more attention. I'm grateful for my body and the movement and what it can do. And it's not so much anymore. I don't care about the size of anything. It's more now about wanting to keep um, – uh, physically able and moving around and that now um, it's more about looking preserving myself into my health and those healthy years into those older years and and being able to age in a healthy way that I'm still mobile and doing things this week I've gone to two houses where um, people have vintage cars yeah <laughs> and I've thought of myself I'm not, I don't think I'm at the vintage stage, maybe classic stage <laughs> I'm going into. But I was looking at those cars and thinking about, like, we are like, you know, we, our, we yeah, what we put into, like, these, mm-hmm. what we put into our bodies and as we're ageing now, you know, that those cars can't do the miles it used to do. I can't do the miles I used to do. I've really noticed in the last certainly two years that I get more tired now that rest is super important to me, that I can say no to things, that um, that things don't repair as quick as what they used to when they were younger. You know, if, yeah. I, if I hurt myself when I was younger, a day later, a week later, I'd be back into it now. It takes me a lot longer to rest and recuperate. And just like those old cars, you know, they need a lot of... Um, fine tuning and care and attention and can't go out in the sun as much as they used to 
<laughs> you know, those sorts what of things. What great wisdom. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that analogy too. Mm. Let's talk about just before, a couple more questions left. Um, what, when now do you just feel zingy and completely in your body and like really amazing in your body? What things are you doing or what are you, what's Laurie doing when you feel like that? Wow. Well, lately, lately I've been um, doing something for me that's quite indulgent, yeah. and that is uh, on a Sunday staying in bed and reading a book. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Is that is that zingy enough for my body? I mean, that is something that when you've raised children or like when you uh, well any busy person. I don't think we give ourselves enough time just to relax and be. And it's so super important, especially in this world we live in now, that's so fast-paced and with technology, we're constantly got that um, urgent sort of um, mentality that we've got to keep answering things and doing things and moving all the time. So to give myself permission to do that and snuggling up and feeling my body and feeling all comfortable, that that's a great feeling. I love that. Awesome. On, likewise, you know, going uh, to choir and yeah. singing, that mm. is a, such an amazing feeling. And more recently, because I've been um, nursing a knee injury, mm. I have um, <laughs> really enjoyed going to spin classes <laughs> and they turn the lights down <laughs> and they have all the coloured lights yeah. going with the funky music. Yeah. I mean, people must look at me and think that girl needs to get out more, really, because I just love that. And But my body can do that and that... Rhythm in that time, that's like going back to aerobics again. But Well, that's I see a common theme there, Laurie. They're things that have music with them generally. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, that, that com, com, combination of music and movement yeah. for you is um, something that brings you joy, it sounds totally. like. Totally, yeah. I can't mm. uh, sing at choir without moving my body. Me too. Um, yeah, yeah. I cannot. No, yeah. it's great, isn't it? I yeah. love it. Yeah. All right, last question. Is there anything... That surprised you about our conversation and these topics that we've talked about today? Well, you've made it very comfortable. Thank you. When I read the questions, I thought that I was just going to probably... um, Well, I'm a bit of an open book, so I don't have a problem answering them, but um, thought it was going to be more confronting in a way. Yeah. It's been very easy to talk about, Mm. so thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I guess, too, just that, you know, to the youngsters, like we we said before, I love seeing youngsters that are comfortable in their bodies and what they do, what they wear. Um, It's beautiful. You know, the Mm. female form is beautiful. Physical body, um, regardless of gender, is beautiful. And we need to celebrate that, you know. We mm. all look different and and I think just remembering the benefits of um, being physical, of what that can do, not just for your, not just, uh, for your fitness and health but your mind, like your, mm. uh, we, that's something lately to my mind that um, in my older years is remembering for... Um, uh, brain health. Brain health, super important. Mm. And probably even though over the years and having my own sort of mental health struggles, I didn't put in enough concentration on my inner dialogue and controlling my um, brain health and thoughts and how that affects my overall body and physicality. And I give that a lot more attention these days than I used to. Amazing. Mm. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Totally celebrate what you're doing. It's great. Thank you. Mm.
The Body Story podcast is recorded on Noongar Buja in Walilup. I pay my respects to elders past and present and recognise their enduring connection to land, sea and water. Thanks to Vixel for the music and you can find them on SoundCloud as Hi, I'm Vixel. You can find me, Sarah Walwork, at bodyschool.com.au or Facebook and Instagram, Body School. Thanks so much for listening.